0: Welcome to the City on a Hill podcast. City on a Hill is the young adult Catholic ministry in Kansas City. Our mission is to be the community that inspires and forms our generation to be saints. We hope that this episode can offer some inspiration to your life as well as give you a glimpse into our community.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the City on a Hill podcast where we... Interview Catholic young adults in the Kansas City metro area and beyond about their stories of faith. I'm Father Andrew Mattingly. I'm the director of City on a Hill and co-host of this podcast, along with the um, what's the what's the new title we're going to give it? Sanitation you? or Sana- something? Chief Sanitation Engineer <laughs> Dane Finney. Yeah. We decided so at the at the start of yeah. every episode, I've I've been like messing up her title like she said, like four different titles they, they in real cha- life it changes like every three months and so we decided <laughs> we're just going to create a new one every episode
0: and our last guest just without missing a beat said chief sanitation expert and we're like oh f- there it is engineer. that's Engi- engineer. I'm engineer i'm sorry it's
1: changing again yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um anyhow happy well, to be here yeah welcome in <laughs> whatever yeah, job yeah. title i have yeah and uh yeah welcome to our guests justin and bridget <laughs> Farrell. Thanks, thanks for coming and on the Abigail. show today. That's Hello. right. Sorry. Yes, yes six months old. She says, don't forget me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right on cue. It was amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's great. She's just living life down there on the floor. It's awesome. <laughs> Rolling around. With
0: the purse strap around her neck. <laughs> yeah. Mom's on it. Don't worry. <laughs> That's
1: great. No, but um, yeah, good to have you guys. And actually, Justin, you were saying before the episode... Um, <laughs> You, di- you did a little bit of sound audio engineering and uh, apparently that world was maybe a bit, I don't know, interesting at times and found yourself cleaning up cocaine at one point <laughs> after, uh, was, it, was this like a music session or something? Uh, yeah, or? so
2: as an intern at the studio, you know, I didn't get to be in there with the musicians, but after all the musicians left, I came in and did the cleanup and there's definitely some white powder left over <laughs> that I s- just swept right into the garbage can there.
1: Yeah. yeah, you didn't you didn't clean it up yourself. No, I didn't. The...
2: I didn't use my nose. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't suck it up myself. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't quite into that kind of stuff. Even yeah. though that was the scene that wow. I was in. Wow, yeah.
1: that's interesting. And that was out in Arizona. You were saying.
2: Well, so I went to school for recording engineering in Arizona, but I went. I was at the studios in Chicago. Nice. Um, one of the studios I worked at was R. Kelly Studio. If you oh know wow. R. Kelly. Oh yeah. And I quit wow. that studio right about the same time that. Cops um, came into that studio when he was being investigated for oh, yeah. some underage um, pornography kind of stuff, yeah. which is just Aww. not good. So I, I left that. Yeah. Wow. I never saw him. I cleaned up from underneath his car, was swept up from underneath his car, but that's about <laughs> wow. it. Uh, Servant of servants. <laughs> yeah. So it was a very interesting wow. interesting experience uh, working in some of those studios in Chicago.
0: No kidding. Hmm.
1: Yeah. And Bridget, you were saying before the episode, you you have this position in a public school that I'd never heard of before, which sounds really interesting. What instructional coach? Coach, yeah. Basically, you teach teachers to teach.
3: Yeah, essentially, a partner nice. with teachers to um, help them um, improve their instruction. Yeah. Um, based on kind of whatever they want to work on, um, so we work a lot with instructional practice and um, just best practices based in research.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You said you you switched to that after studying something totally different.
3: I did. Yeah, (laughs) I was uh, studying journalism at Mizzou um, and got my degree in magazine journalism from there, but um, actually ended up entering Teach for America and was placed in Kansas City and taught first Mm -hmm. grade for four years before being a coach for the last three.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Was that, did you teach first grade at the same school you're at now? No, I didn't, but
3: I was at my original school um, for five years. Okay. So.
1: Okay. Awesome. That's great. Well, we'll just get right into it. So, I don't know which of you wants to go first, but just tell us from as early of an age as you'd like womb, five years old, 10 years old, up to now.
0: (laughs) It's always jarring whenever you say womb at the beginning. I don't know why. (laughs) Because I I kind of think, is that what you meant? And then every time I'm like, yeah, that's what you mean.
1: I've learned like the last couple of years this whole like field of study. I don't know if you guys have heard of this, of like, all the stuff that happens when you're in the, well, I bet you probably studied a lot about it actually. (laughs) Um, you're pregnant with Abigail, but just like this exchange of like biological Mm -hmm. and, and even like psychological things like between mother and child that happens during those stages. And like the, what is it? Like you have some of your, some of Abigail's cells now, like mm-hmm. in your mm-hmm. brain or something crazy like that. And didn't, so I don't, didn't I don't we know. you joking if people they can call re- it
0: the back brain, We're like in the technical term, in the back yeah, brain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I don't, I don't know. Maybe some, some, yeah. pe- some people claim to have memories from like, like weird, I don't know, memories from almost back to the womb. So.
0: No, I think I think we should champion it. It just, every time it's still jarring. This is episode 23 and yeah. I'm still like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. I
1: don't remember anything before I was like four and a half. So I have, pretty, I have
0: a pretty terrible memory. Can you memory. beat that, Justin?
2: Uh, no, it's Darn. basically when I entered in elementary school, that's basically, I feel like <laughs> when my memories have started. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I have a really, really vague memory of being like three and falling asleep eating dinner and my face ended up in a bowl of like spaghetti. Oh, that's um, classic. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much the earliest memory I have. So yeah. I cherish that. Yeah, you it's should. Good.
3: It's a good one to hold on to. <laughs> you should. <laughs> that's right. I do remember my
2: blankie, you know, which I had before I was, you know, five years old, but it was pretty dirty and ragged. and I don't know why my parents didn't throw it away. I probably would have thrown a tantrum if <laughs> yeah. I did, but yeah. that, that was definitely an early memory of a an yeah. object I at least have an attachment to. Yeah. yeah.
1: But, um, yeah, anyhow, so whichever you want to go first and just kind of lay out how how the Lord has led you throughout your life up to to this point, kind of some of the significant moments along the way.
2: Sure. Yeah, I think Bridget has indicated that she would like me to go first. (laughs) It's all you. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Yeah, so I grew up in a uh, town about an hour west of Chicago, northern Mm -hmm. Illinois, uh, called St. Charles. It's not St. Charles, Missouri. People always... Oh, I know St. Charles, but no, it's not that one. Um and uh youngest of six. I uh, have three older brothers and two older sisters. Uh raised in a Catholic family. Uh my parents were uh we always went to mass. Uh they were always a good um just a representative of what it what it meant to be uh, faithful people. I wouldn't say that we were uh people who always um I guess talked about faith a lot, especially when I was younger, but we definitely went to mass. Um, and that was in a very important part and kind of like, we always went, it was never a question. That's what we're going. When we're on vacation, we were still going to mass. Um, so, uh, I would say my parents are certainly influential in my, um, my faith and just the, I I guess what I uh, regard as being good and, and beautiful, I guess. Um, so, um, as I was growing up, uh, I'd say high school, I, I kind of started to take a little bit more hold of my own faith. Um, certainly um, was asking more questions, especially to my dad. Like We had a lot of conversations uh, throughout the years. Um, sometimes we'd butt heads and I would argue with him about certain things. And then later on just come to the realization that he was right and I'm sure if he ever listens to this podcast he's going to love hearing that Uh,
1: (laughs) do you you remember like one of those uh, arguments or um, topics or
2: so (laughs) we argued about I'd say like gay marriage and Uh, you know uh, it was kind of a a topic when you're in high school you kind of feel hmm. you know you, you just don't have all the information and all that stuff and what the church teaches and everything like that and yeah and he just very clearly, calmly put together his uh, argument. And um, I very emotionally, non calmly you know, put together my argument. And then <laughs> yeah. I'd say, you know, uh, after kind of years of just delving deeper mm. into the faith, kind of just kind of realize, okay, well, maybe he wasn't so wrong. And mm. There's, It's always, it's continually like that. It's still a case when I argue mm-hmm. with my dad that I realize <laughs> that he was probably right. Because my dad's very good at not arguing emotionally and um i can be like that too but when i argue with my dad i tend to be (laughs) a little bit more emotional and maybe say (laughs) things that i don't even agree with but uh,
3: (laughs) from the wife's perspective now justin is really good at it oh and i have to learn oh yeah how to do the same oh
0: yeah yeah
2: i'm sure your
3: dad would be proud of you now (laughs) yeah
2: i got my my joy for arguing and debating from my my dad and um i I I think Bridget wishes I I didn't have that so much, but, uh, (laughs) anyway, uh, yeah. So high school, um, I definitely started to delve deeper and started to read a lot more of like apologetics books, Hmm. um, especially from like converts Hmm. from Protestantism to Catholicism, you know, Scott Hahn and and, and the like. Hmm. And, um, you know, I often say in a certain way I was catechized by agnostics and atheists because, um, I would say most, of my, that's what most of my friends were, yeah. and they would always challenge me and ask me a lot of questions. Hmm. And I would always go kind of seek out answers as best I could. You know, the internet wasn't quite as big of a thing. I don't remember ever <laughs> going to search the internet for a question. Nice. But we did get Catholic Answers magazine, and I did Sweet. read that from time to time. So <laughs> um, so I, I kind of appreciate that. Like, I never had any Catholic friends um, really until recent years. So hmm. – I was always constantly being challenged on different things. And um, uh, I, I think that's a, had a huge impact on my faith and, and my uh, my understanding of the faith. Um, and then after that, I kind of delved into the music industry. And again, uh, just surrounded by people who did not share the faith. Um, again, kind of constantly being challenged uh, by them. Um, and eventually I, I realized my greatest goal in life was probably I wanted to be married and have a family. Um, so I decided, okay, I need to go back to school to actually make me a living as opposed to working in a recording studio, hmm. making no money. So, uh, I went back to school for engineering and, um, in that time I'd say my faith kind of changed. Cause I'd say before that it was kind of a bit more, I had a bit more personal relationship hmm. with God, but then as my mind kind of started to become more like, um, um, I guess I'd like analyze things in different ways, kind of more like an engineer as opposed to a musician might, I'd say my, my faith became almost more intellectual. And so hmm. I would almost say like it's, I always kind of like related to, I kind of, I knew the bi- biography of this person, but I didn't know this person personally. And hmm. so that's kind of what my faith kind of started to turn into. Huh. And I'd say that's where there was certainly a decline in like um, how I lived out my faith and what I wanted to do is with my faith. Um, so, I, I, you know, I went back to school when I was 23. So I got thing, I got going a little older there and then I went to grad <laughs> school and um, I had a long-term relationship with a, a, a woman and we were engaged and we eventually in that engagement, uh, it was going to be a six month engagement and um, about three months into it, I ended it because I just realized we were not actually seeing an eye, eye on faith stuff. Uh-huh. And I kind of had this feeling like if I continued on with her, that maybe my faith would kind of diminish further and further, maybe hmm. even into nothing. And I didn't wow. want that to happen. Um, and she's a, she's a great person. And I think her faith has really kind of come back too since uh, us breaking up. But I think uh, after that, I realized I needed to – do something with it and make it something more real. So, um, it wasn't actually until a year later, um, I started doing, um, school of faith stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. the apostles of the interior life, some of the sisters were giving a presentation on how to pray and nobody had ever teach or taught me how to pray before. Um, so they were kind of teaching like a mental prayer. And so I started doing that a little bit here and there. Um, and then finally, uh, this is kind of like the big shift. Like, I was at work on Friday. I had no friends. Uh, everybody oh. at work had their own kind of friends. I had I had one friend, I'll say, and um, he. I asked him, "Hey, you want to do something? this Friday night. You want to do something?" He's like, "I got something going on with my church," and that really frustrated me because I I just I'd mm-hmm. never had any Catholic friends. I'd mm-hmm. never had any church friends. So I was just like, huh. "That's it. I got to do something." So I just Google searched young adult Catholic group. Um, In Kansas City. You found Google. I I found Google, yeah. (laughs) Google, actually, yeah. Uh, And uh, so I'm at work on a Friday afternoon searching this. And, um, well, it happened that City on a Hill was hosting a wine and cheese event Hmm. for new people that night. Wow. So Hmm. I was – Talk about divine
3: providence. Divine providence. Yeah,
2: I I would say that – Because knowing me kind of being a shy person, if that, if I would have seen that and it was going to be two weeks off from there, Mm. I don't know if I would have gone, but I had a special, I I felt like a special kind of like push to go in energy, um, like the Holy spirit moving me to go. So I went and, uh, it's, um, been totally different since then, you know, just, um, Hmm. joining, uh, SPO, uh, doing small groups, um, you know, CCS and, um, kind of trying to do as much volunteer work with everything that going on, just kind of say yes to everything that was offered to me. Uh, I'd say one other kind of funny thing is like, um, the girl that I was dating and was engaged to after we broke up, she's like in her own kind of quirky way. She's like, I'm going to, I'm going to find you a Catholic girl, a good Catholic girl to marry. And she actually found me City on a Hill. Like she sent me their website <laughs> wow. a year before I even went. And wow. I think that's just kind of like another thing that I was like, oh, huh. this is something that, I don't know, by divine providence that was really working there. Um, hmm. And through all of uh, City on a Hill stuff, along with uh, John Hallman and Dan Darrow, we kind of revamped Band of Brothers in small groups. And I think that was another great way to kind of like give back, but also – Um, get a lot out of it because prayer life changed substantially through those small groups. Um, Mm -hmm. all different aspects of my life changed a lot because of Mm -hmm. that. So, um, I don't know. That's probably pretty much up to the point where Bridget and I met. I mean, we met in CCS playing volleyball. She was dating a guy at that time. And then eventually I heard that she broke up with a guy (laughs) and then we met again at volleyball a few years after that. So I guess that's my
1: story. That's awesome. (laughs) I uh that's wild. I've met a number of people who literally yeah, just do a Google search when they move to town and they find city on a hill and and they get plugged in. I think it's particularly a home for people who are from out of town. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh but what, one thing I'm I'm curious to know. I, I I've known a handful of people that are broken off engagements, you know, mm-hmm. at, at various times like you know, maybe 9 months out, 3 months out is pretty pretty close, you know, and even some people that broke off sooner than that. Did that um I imagine that would have taken like a lot of courage, because you're sort of like, well, we've planned all this stuff, and mm-hmm. now it's all going to get canceled, and like, yep. how will this look, and blah blah blah, and and so like, was how'd that go, base I mean, was that difficult, or?
2: Yeah, it's definitely got to be one of the most difficult things hmm. that's happened to me in my life. Um, it was extremely scary because yeah. it wasn't like we didn't care for each other; it was just. Hmm we were going two different ways and I I felt like Uh it wasn't going to be easily reconciled and, um, you know, and I, I really loved her family and she loved my family, you know, like that was hard. Like, um, just you'd spend that much time together and you've kind of almost relied upon that relationship in certain ways. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, well, I got to make a choice here. Essentially. I feel like I was making a choice between, you know, my faith in hmm. her and I, I don't know mm-hmm. if that's the way it would have gone, but I, that's the way I kind of, framed yeah. it, at least in my mind. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it was, it was very challenging, very scary. And, you know, being, I was here, I had just moved here three months before that. Hmm. So I was, I didn't really, I didn't have any family or friends here. Yeah. Uh, so it was kind of just a very lonely time. Um, hmm. uh, though I had support, you know, from my family, they were, you know, they were, yeah, loving and everything, but they weren't here. Yeah. Yeah. um,
0: And it wasn't like they were two hours away either.
2: No. Yeah. They were eight hours away. And they did, I did have some family come down and some, uh, uh, my best friend come down and Hmm. um, that was uh, really helpful, but it was, you know, you only have them for a weekend or whatever. And then you're kind of going to work and coming home and what are you doing with the rest of your life? And it really took me way too long to get back into like doing faith stuff. Like I should have done that earlier, but Hmm. Um, I don't know why I didn't do it earlier. You know, kind of slow to move at sometimes. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, it's interesting. The um, was she not Catholic then at all? No, was she was. Sort of, okay. So one kind of the of things of...
2: that attracted me to begin with, like yeah. I met her at church, yeah. Um, and like I was like, oh, like her faith, I thought was going to actually kind of draw me deeper into the faith because yeah. I thought my I felt like my faith was kind of lacking. Yeah. But like through her academic studies. Of 18th century British literature, feminist studies, like it kind of uh, just—I would say it kind of pulled her in a different way, yeah. yeah. Um, which was very challenging for her. Like it wasn't yeah. easy for her. And so it was just.
1: Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up. I was talking to to go off on a bit of a tangent. I was talking to somebody the other day about something that most Catholics aren't aware of, which is that if you marry a non-Catholic, you actually need. A dispensation from the local bishop—it's mm-hmm. um, not sort of automatic, and and that's because of this sort of stark reality that if you don't share the most important thing in life, and it, and this could apply to you don't need a dispensation, but it could apply to to the principle of just somebody who sees the faith in a starkly different light right. than someone else, even if they're both hmm. Catholic. But it, yeah, it just points to the reality that if you don't share the most important foundational sort of worldview of like who is God, who are we, what do we want our family ultimately to look like, how are we going to teach our children about this, you know, form their worldview and so on. Like if that's not shared in common, it's going to pose like significant difficulties Mm -hmm. um, in a marriage, no matter how maybe naturally virtuous either of the people may be. Um, And so I I think it's a good thing for our, I don't know, kind of Catholic community to re- reflect on in general um is is just that reality of because it can be super easy even in a community like city on a hill to say like well i fall in love with this person who's maybe not catholic or maybe they're not sort of like they don't maybe want the same intensity of catholicism in mm-hmm. their home life as i do but you know this is this is my best shot or something right. at marriage and so i'm just gonna i'm just yeah. gonna f- go for it because I don't know if I'm going to find somebody else or whatever. And it's sort of like, I was trying to tell people like, you're going to be much happier actually if you end up never getting married, mm-hmm. but you can freely just live the faith to the full. than if you, if you bind yourself to someone who is is going to kind of like potentially even pose an obstacle to like yeah. pur- pursuing God. And so um, I don't know, it's, it's always really nice to hear stories where somebody has enough courage, which, Yeah, it would take a lot to be like, I don't, (laughs) all these other pieces are there, but I don't know, this big one is just not, so.
2: It would have been really easy in a lot of ways to just go through with it, but I think it would have been ultimately a lot harder to live with it. Yeah. And, you know, I was 29 when we ended that relationship and it took another seven years to find that person. So I want to encourage anybody (laughs) out there listening that, you know, you will be much happier with that person. You kind of have that strong Mm. um foundation with that you can share that with, especially if your faith is important to you, like that foundation mm. is important and it's really worth as, as cliche as it sounds, it's really worth waiting for yeah. to, um, to find that person to share that with, because it is, it makes uh, makes it a lot easier Yeah. when you don't have to <laughs> constantly discuss things that are, you know, like in, in a controversial way or like yeah. an argument kind of way, like, yeah. you know, uh, things that are challenging and, yeah deep rooted in you so
1: yeah
0: I, I know a friend who dated someone very seriously they weren't engaged but there were five core components within the catholic faith that they that they talked about and it was uh, like hot button issues and on all five of them it, they disagreed oh wow and <laughs> and he stayed and it was something that he was like in dating the next person he goes i'm just so much more at ease every day. Yeah, Cause I know those five matter mm-hmm. and yeah, it was just amazing to me how I thought, man, you're, you're either really stubborn to stay with that for six more months or really silly. I don't know which, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah. I, I could have put myself in the same situation where I would have been just like him cause I'm loyal and I would have said like, oh, we'll make it work. Hmm. Um, but just that, that difference. And it seems subtle, but I'm just more, I'm more at ease. In yeah. dating this next person, and I just, I'm just more confident mm-hmm. and and happier. Yeah. Um, and it might seem, as you said, cliche. It might seem almost like quote unquote um, not not substantial enough to think like, am I at ease? Am I happier or um, like more confident? But those are actually really good markers.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, they're yeah.
0: not they're not necessarily spiritual. Yeah, you know, it's
1: funny. Some people even like. When they look at things like that, they'll think, like, I'm being selfish if, like, I want all go. those things. Right. And it's like, not when you're choosing, like, somebody to be married to. Right.
2: <laughs> Marriage can be hard enough on its own. Yeah. Like, throwing in those kind of challenges yeah. Is, yeah. Is, is just going to make it substantially harder
0: and unnecessary. Yeah. And not the heart of the father. I just, I'm like, the heart of the father is good in <laughs> a home. You don't want to. Yeah let's begrudging begrudgingly do this. So thanks for sharing that. The thing is, is that,
2: you know, emotional attachment, like we're emotional (laughs) beings and we get emotionally attached to people and it's really hard to break that because it's different. Like when you have a friend who you disagree with those things, but when you have somebody Mm -hmm. you're really, you're, you're dating or you're engaged to or whatever, like to break that emotion. I mean, it's in some ways it's like, somebody dying in your life because you're yeah. not going to see that person anymore. Mm. You're totally separating them because uh, you can't, yeah. it's really hard to maintain a friendship after yeah. that yeah. kind of relationship. Yeah, And I, I really don't encourage it myself, but um, it's, you're really just, you're severing ties. And so recon- realizing that and, and, mm. and knowing that that's what you're doing is, is yeah. really hard. And so uh, I, I wouldn't blame anybody for staying yeah. longer than they should, but yeah. hopefully they can recognize that yeah. they they shouldn't be there and um, have the, the courage, as it were, to end it. Especially, and it's not only for you, but it's for them too, because um, if you go forward with it just because of the emotional tie, even though there's going to be a huge amount of strife and anxiety and all this stuff that comes with it, you're not, you're doing, you're not doing them any good by staying with it. (laughs) Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. I wanted to ask you too, Justin, so you've, um, you've written some music over the years, Mm -hmm. um, mostly like folk genre, right? Uh, well, it's, it's
2: changed. It's, it's (laughs) been a, a wide variety of things. Okay.
1: Um, and I was wondering if sort of paralleling that, I guess with your journey of faith, a lot of people in sort of the creative realm, who have faith will often say that that's some of the um, most, I guess, spiritually informed uh, moments of their life. Sometimes we're sort of like they get a creative spark and, and it's sort of like, where did this come from? And it, you know, it can yeah. kind of open someone up more to the Lord or they can sort of perceive this creative work as almost entirely like coming from him. So I don't know if, if in your kind of, music especially writing how how your faith has kind of informed that in some way or maybe talk a little bit about that
2: sure yeah i, I would say my faith is definitely in my music it's not like i'm not like a christian artist yeah. by any means yeah, yeah. but if you understand me and know me you'll you can kind of see that in the lyrics and um i would say there's definitely songs that i've written that are They are, they do come from a a place of pain from time to time, Hmm. but they're always, I I always try to write with some sense of hope in there Hmm. too. So like, for instance, a song that I've written, it's basically discussing spiritual desolation. And, um, but in that song, I, I meet a person and this person is supposed to lead me on to a place that's not desolate anymore. And this person is not identified by any means. And and it could be to anybody, multiple different people. Yeah. But for me, it was certainly, you know, friends, but it was certainly Jesus. It was certainly, um, St. Ignatius and just his understanding of (laughs) the, uh, Mm. spiritual desolation and spiritual consolation. Um, Mm. and so I, I would say that, although a lot of my songs don't necessarily have like this, vibrance of like joy in them perhaps Uh, i my songs tend to have a um not a darkness to them but they definitely come from a, a place of pain and um so a lot of that pain maybe would come from loneliness i mean my last my last album was called what was it called? The waiting. The waiting. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. Uh, the waiting. And like I said, it'd been, you know, seven years of waiting to, uh, to find somebody. And, yeah. um, that there was a lot of songs kind of informed by that mm. kind of yeah. struggle, but a struggle of, um, also like hope. Yeah. That, that I'm going to find that person. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. um, so yeah. Uh, there a lot of my more recent stuff has been more personal experiences and definitely yeah. my faith is a huge part of that. Yeah.
1: That's great. Um, yeah, I, I always last thing and then we'll get your story here. Bridget. I, I, I do, um, it seems like there's a, there's a place like in, in the, in the arts and things for both kind of explicitly Catholic or Christian stuff, mm-hmm. whether that's music or other things. <laughs> and things that are simply like beautiful mm-hmm. with, without being you know because anything beautiful is naturally going to reflect God in some way mm-hmm. even if the even if the name of Jesus doesn't show up in the lyrics for yeah. example you know so it's it's interesting seeing different people who who feel called to like different forms of what both should really be a reflection of, of the Lord and, and kind of we need both of those. Yeah. You
2: know? I, I've always thought myself that you might get more of an audience hmm. and be able to speak to that audience if uh, you're not kind of too overt yeah. about what you're saying yeah. and allow them to kind of put their own experience into what, you're, what hmm. your experience is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't, hmm. I don't always like, you know, share my own interpretations of my music or what it is I'm saying, I like to hear what other people interpret, you know? And, um, and in that perhaps they can see, they can start to be drawn to something. And, um, I don't know if my music is beautiful, but I certainly (laughs) think beauty has a, uh, a huge impact of people on people, you know, the transcendentals, the truth, beauty, goodness, right? Yeah. Um, uh beauty is always something I try to encourage people to encounter because yeah. I, I think uh, – and music is one of those things. And I think that's why I'm drawn to music is I think it's there's beauty in it, and it does draw me to – people always talk about music being able to draw them somewhere. Yeah. Um, and it has a huge impact on who they are. Yeah. I say music often has a more impact on people and, and their identity a lot of times than a lot of other art forms, oh, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah music has always is always kind of given me that appreciation of the of beauty in in art and yeah. other things,
1: yeah, no that's great yeah I, it, you see so so many people get lost in music, you know yeah um and uh, in good and bad ways. <laughs> yeah, that can be an escape from the world in, yeah. in some but in some senses i uh, and I would say but,
2: there um, it has a, a huge emotional impact on people such that for myself, and I've had to deal with some depression, mm-hmm. I've realized. I can't listen to certain types of music huh. because it actually draws me down deep huh. you know, deeper into that depression. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas other music kind of helps elevate that. Yeah. And, or you know, elevate my, my emotional state, I, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. um so I think I think there is something to be said about certain types of people being careful about what they listen to. Yeah. Not just because of the content of the lyrics, but the yeah. the emotional state that it draws you into.
1: That's so true, man. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well Bridget you ready sure. You're gonna are pa- pass, yeah, pass off
3: baby. pass <laughs> pass
1: off your daughter there um, she's
3: been kind of fussing
1: yeah she's been, she's been pretty good so far,
0: <laughs> yeah she is. <laughs> She has this uncanny ability to be held by you, face like her body's face towards you, and then her head to spiral around. Yes. The amount of flexibility is pretty <laughs> remarkable. Yeah, and the cuteness. But that in particular, I'm like, wow, you could marvel at those skills. <laughs> I know. Sometimes it's like an owl, you know? Uh,
3: just <laughs> like when she wants to see something, she can almost go uh, 360. It's kind of creepy. That's
2: hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah, tell us uh, about your own walk with the Lord. When, sure. when it started, where it's led.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, so, both my parents were raised Catholic, and um, I grew up for, well, the first 11 years I lived in Decatur, Illinois, which is about 45 minutes from Springfield. Okay. Um, and we belonged to a parish called St. Thomas the Apostle in Decatur, and it was a really small, like, really tight knit parish. Mm. Um, My parents were pretty involved there, um, and a lot of our family friends came from that parish, and so um, I really do feel like a lot of my foundation came from that parish um, and had the ability to go to Catholic school um, uh, all through elementary school and through high school, and so I think that was a really big blessing to be uh, surrounded by the faith growing up. Um, We moved to collinsville illinois which is a half hour outside st louis when i was 11 or so my dad got a different job so we moved on down um and i think at that time um that was certainly a big milestone um moving at that age in middle school um but i kind of became pretty close with my brother at that time he um like kind of we were each other's only friend when when moving you know so um we started to get a lot closer um after we moved and he was really um into his faith and really was like a very big role model for me, um, especially during that time. Mm. So I feel really grateful to him for, for providing that model for me. Um, and
1: there goes, there goes the bottle. Yep.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she actually, uh,
3: side note, uh, didn't take a bottle for like months and we were getting oh, uh, worried cause I'm about to go back to work. Oh, uh. Um, and we, we're saying the surrender novena, and we finished it on Thursday. And guess who took a bottle on Friday? Wow! Woo-woo.
1: Look at that. Yes,
3: take <laughs> she, care of everything, she, Jesus. Yeah, she yes, su-
1: she surrendered. There she you go. did. Yes, that's awesome. When we finally did. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs>
3: so, um, yeah, that's a big relief. Yeah, that's
1: awesome. Um, that yeah. was a,
3: that was a great side note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, we think so. Uh, <laughs> definitely helpful. So, um, yeah, my uh, relationship with my brother was certainly very formative during Mm -hmm. that middle school, high school time. Um, and he and I were involved in a lot of the same activities in high school and we were both in the gospel choir in our Catholic high school, which was Mm -hmm. pretty cool. And so just got to do, um, a lot being at a Catholic high school. Um, and, but I don't feel like I really kind of took hold of my faith until college, um, I, my mom had mentioned like when we went on a tour, she's like, we should check out the Newman Center. I'm like, okay, sure. You know, um, <laughs> I didn't like have it in my line of sight as like, oh, I'm definitely doing that when I get to college. Um, but we went and, um, that ended up being my home for that four years was the Newman Center. Um, I had like joined the choir and gone on a retreat. So it was kind of like starting to get to know that community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, near the end of my first semester, freshman year, um, found out that my parents were going to get a divorce. Wow. Um, and so that was a pretty rough time. Um, just like being new to college and not really knowing anybody. Um, we had to, or I had to just kind of find community and, um, support for that, hmm. um, hard time in life. So, wow. um, the Lord really like did a lot with me in that time. Like looking back, certainly it was like a pretty painful couple of years as our family went through that. But, um, hmm. he really did a lot to show me his faithfulness. And, um, I just feel, um, so much that it formed a hmm. lot of who I am and, uh, in my relationship hmm. with the Lord and especially like God, as father. Um, hmm. he, uh, like reached out to me through scripture specifically in that time. Um, and so I feel, I think uh, <laughs> in that time, I feel like God was speaking to me directly through scripture, um, did a lot of Bible roulette and uh, found some oh, nice. really, really good passages. Uh,
1: nice. do, you, do you remember any of them?
3: So the one that really sticks out to me um, from that time was and I'm going to mess up. You correct me, Father, because you probably know. <laughs> um, I think it's in Isaiah. Um, even when your father and mother forsake you, Good. the Lord will take you in. Um, oh. That one really hit me at a
0: uh, mm.
3: Bible roulette one time, and that yeah. uh, has been bookmarked <laughs> wow. in my Bible ever, ever since. Um, just, um, yeah. It was certainly a, um, a difficult couple of years, but. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lord definitely called me in that way through Scripture, but um, also in that community at the Newman Center. Um, yeah. I made my best friends, you know, um, still my best friends today mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. through the Newman Center, and so um, had a lot of great yeah. experiences there. Um, I would say though, as um, as I finished college and moved to Kansas City for Teach for America. Um, you are so cranky. Um, as I moved to Kansas City. Uh,
1: this is great. The listeners are getting the full scope right. of the uh, family life. Yes, lecture.
0: this is And how she's telling goes. Father that he's cranky, by the way. Not Abigail. Not Justin.
1: Or Father. I need yeah. a nap. So. Yeah. Don't we all? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man.
3: Yeah. Um, Yeah, so I moved to Kansas City through Teach for America, um, and I was dating somebody at the time um, that I knew from Mizzou, but who lived here as well. Um, And I feel like in this time, like I was teaching full time and I was going to grad school to get my um, teaching license um, for two years, and that – I don't know if, if you know any teachers, you know, like the first year of teaching is like a blackout year. Like you don't remember it after the first year because it's just so <laughs> terrible. Um, and particularly being in Teach for America when yeah. you didn't have a degree in that. Um, it's just, you don't have the ex- the experience that others do yeah. coming into teaching. So um, it was a rough couple of years just mm. um, trying to figure out how to teach and uh, figure out life in a new city. Um, but I think I, I didn't really make my faith a priority in that time, Mm. especially in those first two years. I think I dove into my work and was really consumed with that. Mm. Um, and I didn't pursue the Lord, um, upon getting here. I mean, I went to, I went to mass every Sunday and I was, uh, in the choir at the church I was in at, but I didn't, um, I didn't pursue a prayer life. I didn't Mm. really listen to God. Um, Mm. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't really doing much on that front. Um, and I think through that process and in those couple of years and a couple of years beyond that, I um, because I didn't make it a priority when I started and got here, I um, I really started to find my identity and my worth in the relationship I was in hmm. and not in being a daughter of God. Hmm. Um, and I think that I kind of lost my way um, because I was – not putting in the work and I wasn't seeking hmm. God was there the whole time, of course, but he, I, uh, wasn't responding to him. Hmm. Um, and so it actually, I'm pretty s- a stubborn person, pretty, as Justin will attest. Um, <laughs> and I think a lot of the time God has to hit me over the head with stuff before I, hmm. uh, give in. Right. Um, he's like, trust me, trust me, trust me. Um, which is funny because a lot of the time that I am in a, uh, in a good groove with prayer and I'm really listening like I hear God telling me like I'm faithful to you always like that's a very constant theme Huh. Um, but <laughs> at the same time I'm <laughs> really stubborn um, and so even though I probably in the back of my head could see that the relationship I was in wasn't um, propelling me forward in my faith I didn't do anything about it I, because, and at the same time kind of that emotional attachment that Justin was talking about before um we were maybe three or four years into the relationship. And so I kind of had that, I was maybe a little too invested in that, Hmm. like in trying to make it work and trying to make it fit. Um, when that really wasn't what God had planned for me. And so, um, uh, we ended up breaking up. Um, and through that time, it was kind of the, one of the best, (laughs) uh, things to ever happen. I think just because it kind of woke me up, um, Hmm. God was calling me um, back to Him in that in that time, so yeah. um, was able to reconnect and um, switch paris- parishes, join that choir, and um, around that time, like several months later, enter Justin. So <laughs> back.
2: he's
1: back. <laughs> he's on duty. Been like in and out of that chair like ten times. Since, yeah, so. right. <laughs> Dad no. life. Yeah. Okay, well, we were talking about yeah, Bible roulette earlier, and now we're playing uh, baby roulette. Yeah, so like- passing <laughs> passing Abigail around. Um, no, that's great. Yeah, I uh, I imagine it's probably the case that if someone by temperament is maybe a little bit stubborn, that the Lord kind of maybe has to like punch a little bit harder <laughs> sometimes. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's 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 really great. So, how did you? You said you met in CCS. So it sounds like then after you broke up with this guy, um, Bridget, you've f- you found your way into City on a Hill, or were you already a part yeah. of it? Or
3: well, a little bit, I suppose. Like yeah. he and I had um, played sand volleyball, okay, um, and okay. gone to some Tuesdays, but I wasn't yeah. really, I didn't really form relationships from C- yeah. from City on a Hill at that point. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. But I had met Justin out um, of Tuesdays. Okay, he thinks we met at volleyball. We I didn't. think we met at Tuesdays because <laughs> I remember meeting him. But whatever. Okay.
1: It's so funny. There's like so many couples I've met who are like, they disagree on when they first met. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, we met here. We met here. Yeah. I'll say she has a
2: better memory for such things. So I can't argue too much about it. Yeah. I have this on recording. Now. <sighs> <It's true>. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. That's true. Oh. Yeah. You, so you guys met and um, maybe walk us through a little bit of dating and discernment and then uh, what married life has been like.
2: Um, yeah. So I guess, you know, at volleyball, we met, or I'm sorry, we met at Tuesdays, apparently. <laughs> and then we met again at volleyball. She was dating a guy. And then several years later. Um, after we met. After yeah. we met. Yeah. I remember walking on the volleyball court. Hmm. She doesn't remember this, but she just said hi. It's like, oh, I remember her. And <laughs> somebody told me that she and that guy had broken up. I was like, oh, she's kind of cute. Um so I was one night. I, oh, we were. I was invited to a uh, happy hour uh, by Victor Tran, I believe, and um, I was just searching to see who was going, and I saw she was going. So I was like, "I should go." Um, so I went, and uh, we kind of talked a lot of the night, and everybody else had left, and we were still talking. Uh, so that was a good sign. And I told her about music, and I said I'm looking for a new backup singer because mine moved away. She's like, "I sing." I was like, "Oh, great!"
1: Did you already know that? Or were uh, you just no, sang? I didn't. Oh well. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, nice. I was just
2: trying to play play it cool that I'm a musician and you know <laughs> I write music. What do you think of that? Uh, Very cool. Yeah, <laughs> and it worked. So uh, yeah. nice. So. Uh, we talked and he said, okay, we'll get together sometime. And then I didn't contact her right away. And she was, she contacted me on Facebook, right? Yeah. 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 I well, like, I
3: wanted to, he said, well, yeah, I wanted to hear his music, I guess. Yeah, so he sure. had said, <laughs> <laughs> uh if he said he was looking for a backup singer, you know, he didn't reach out and He's been like, it'd anything, been like four so. days. It was like a week at least. Yeah. So, <laughs> I just asked him, you know, if he would send me his music, and that, um, yeah, if, yeah, he sent it to me and said if I liked it that we could get together and sing, and that's what we did.
2: We got together um, a couple times just working on some music because I, w- I hadn't finished my latest album yet, and hmm. so I still needed one song with a a backup vocalist on it, and. Um, so she was going to do that and then, well, through that, oh. we ended
3: up just like talking quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we had some really great conversations, um, starting off and, um, that's just something I noticed and appreciated about him Yeah, right off the bat was just that he was very like interested and intentional about the conversations that we had, even though we weren't like dating at all. Um, yeah. So then. There was a big storm, right?
2: There was a big storm. It knocked the power out in my house for several days. It was like 99 degrees outside. Mm -hmm. And, well, she said, well, you can come hang out at my place. I got air conditioning. You could bring the dog. I have a dog, Frodo. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so I just hung out at your house, I don't know, on some afternoon or I don't know. And then uh, I think I... Yeah, he's,
3: yeah. He, he asked me out. He said it's like I feel like there's more going on here than we're talking about, <laughs> and uh, then asked me on a date. And so and after then, I said yes, yeah, the dog peed on my trash
2: can, yeah, marking <laughs> his place. He marked his <laughs> yeah. marked his territory. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, we were pretty intentional in the beginning of the relationship, just talking about. Certain aspects of mm. the faith, and um, really being intentional about making sure we're on the same page uh, with different things, and, and um, you know, I, I think that was really important to kind of kind get that mm. stuff out in the open uh, yeah. before, because like I like I learned that you know back then with that other you know uh, relationship long ago that you just kind of got to talk about those things. Mm so that you don't build up too much of an emotional attachment before you realize that it's not going to work out. So, um, I don't know if you had anything to add to that or.
3: Yeah. And I just feel like at the same time, both of us were, um, at a place where we were wanting to seek the Lord intentionally, um, Mm -hmm. individually. Hmm. Um, and so, I mean, at that point I got an adoration hour and I had joined the choir, my new parish and all that. And Justin, after we actually started dating, Justin started coming with me and, um, that's something that has been pretty formative in our relationship too. Just going to adoration together, almost weekly. I mean, not since COVID, but right. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately.
1: Yeah, and so now you've been married. Um, I I was pre- I was gonna ask that, but you guys kind of.
2: Sorry, but, father. No no, 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 <laughs> we'll... no, 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 you can ask. Well, no, no, you can cut it, edit it, and mm-hmm. then we'll. No, no, no,
1: <laughs> no. That's awesome. <laughs> but I was gonna say since you were both were in relationships where it was sort of similar stories where you sort of kind of both realize like, I don't know if the faith is central here or, or if or if this is gonna kinda work out in that regard. So obviously you both when you began dating each other made that a priority to just sort of we're gonna start talking about this sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Um which is I think yeah a good good lesson for everybody to follow. I yeah. mean you don't need to go on date number one and be like tell me right. everything you think about I wouldn't recommend Jesus that. and yeah. the church and blah blah blah. But <laughs> You know, uh, I mean,
2: make sure there's something there, even to yeah. like go <laughs> go that far with. So yeah,
1: but um, but no. So you've been married now for
2: just over a year, just over a year, and over and a three
1: year and yeah. three months. And yeah, what would you say is? Um, I've got in the habit of asking people, like maybe the most unexpected grace, most unexpected difficulty of of marriage. Oh
2: boy. Hmm. I'd say they're almost one and the same. Um, okay. That the the person you're with, in this case, Bridget, my wife, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like they they show you your flaws without actually telling you that you have flaws. They just by living with them and hmm. you know seeing the way they do things, um, and you recognize certain good things in them, and actually sometimes you recognize some bad things in them, and you recognize for me sometimes the things that annoy me about her are actually the things that annoy me about myself hmm. and um but all of those things together are painful and challenging because um you kind of realize oh i need to make some changes hmm. and so in that there's a, there's a lot of grace through like prayer and recognizing i need to do something yeah. to make this better yeah. and and change myself so I mean, it's. I, th- I think in a lot of ways, being challenged in your faith is kind of the, one of the best ways for it to grow. At least that's been the theme in my life. So, yeah, uh, she's definitely challenged me in those ways um, to be a better man, to be a better husband.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you think of an example of like oh goodness, just, by li- <laughs> yeah, just by just by living together, like rubbing elbows, being around each other all the time? You you were like, oh shoot, this this is something I have that I need to work on.
2: Um. Can you think of anything, Bridget, (laughs) that I've gotten better at? Uh, You know, um, there's certain things that you realize you kind of just have to die to yourself for, you know. Um, They're not that big of a deal. You know, just the way that she does things in the kitchen versus myself or – and I can be – I'm the more stubborn one of this family. Let's face it. So
3: we have no chance with Abigail, is what he's saying.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
2: And so, uh, seeing, also, um, having been single for so long, you kind of get more and more Mm. stuck in your own ways. Yeah. Um, And having things your own way. Now, I I consciously tried beforehand, knowing that that could be the case, to Hmm. try to not be attached to things. Yeah. And. I think in general I, I didn't do a horrible job but there are certainly things uh, and there's still like I don't know the way she puts dishes near the sink and the way I put they're just different and I'm like do I need to argue about this? I do but do I really need to? <laughs> uh, no and like so things like that yeah. um, you know that's maybe not as specific but yeah like realizing that you have to die to yourself on certain things yeah. uh, that are really not important Yeah, uh, and then uh, I think being less selfish in general, like doing things for her that are sometimes hard and kind of out of my, like she's a, a um, physical touch person. She likes to be held, you know. Just like I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of the opposite, and so I was like, ah, sometimes I j- I have to do that, and I enjoy, like holding your hand and stuff. But it's it's like it's not my natural yeah, yeah. inclination to want to do. And so like yeah. realizing, okay, that's something I have to change too for yeah. for the benefit of the relationship.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Adapting yourself to the other person rather than expecting yeah. them to, to do that always for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. a
2: huge problem in modern society is like people aren't yeah. willing to change a lot of times. Yeah. They don't expect to have to change. Yeah. Um and I think that's a great thing about good Catholic relationships is we know we're walking in having that mm. we're going to have to change. Yeah. Um, and usually in most, most of the uh, almost all the time for the betterment of, you know, virtue. Yeah. Uh, of your, of yourself, you know, yeah. as long as you're not giving up important things. You right. Know? Right. And, uh, so.
1: Yeah. That's great. Well, yeah. What would you say Bridget on? Um?
2: Yeah. Um,
3: so I'd certainly say that I've always admired how, um, faithful Justin is to his morning prayer um that's something really tough for me just because I'm a snoozer oh yeah always been a snoozer oh I feel you that's oh, real she
2: real that snooze rough. alarm like five different times well in the with morning.
3: Abigail not as yeah, much that's
2: true
3: She's a natural alarm <laughs> and God I can't Abigail. snooze her so uh, <laughs> you just gotta get up yeah. <laughs> so it's been better um so certainly like yeah. being married has brought that to light like I always knew he was good at praying in the morning and like um, getting to adoration every morning, um, pre COVID, yeah. uh, before work. And so that's something that always is like present, um, yeah. and that I see on a daily basis. So it, um, inspires me to pursue that more faithfully. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd also say, um, so that's definitely a grace because that's of course like leading me closer to Christ, but, mm-hmm. um, something maybe that Justin's really good at that I have maybe started to be better at hopefully is like showing appreciation for me. Like, I don't know, just like doing very small things. Like we like St. Therese a lot. Um, We have read a lot about her did the um, 33 days to merciful love. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just doing those little things for each other, that little way. Um, He definitely recognizes those things a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'll just say like, Hey, thanks for, um doing this while I was working, you know, or I don't know. So I definitely have tried to um model after that a little bit. Yeah. So but I, I would definitely try to echo Justin's point that um yeah when you get married you really like get to know your flaws. <laughs> um and I think I heard that phrase like in a Scott Hahn talk one time or something, but um it definitely looking at marriage as a um as an avenue to uh, heaven is pretty cool. Um, so that's a really big grace, just having that hmm. in our in our sights at all times, just yeah. uh, in all that we do. And we've kind of had this conversation a lot too about um, love as calling one another on. So I think we maybe in today's society have... Um, this idea that like to love someone is to like accept them exactly as they are and they don't need to change or they don't need to get better. But like yeah. to have that foundational understanding together that, um, to love each other really means to like, certainly support each other and affirm each other where we are, but to call each other on to, yeah. to virtue and deeper holiness. Um, yeah. that's pretty cool grace to be a part of.
1: That's great. That's, that's a really good point. I mean, uh, Yeah. I think for, for somebody to be open to being called on, as you said, or challenged, they have to first know that they are loved as they are, like you mentioned. So it's this sort of interesting interplay of like, um, I'm going to, I'm going to love you and, and accept you and receive you, but I'm going to also try and poke or prod or push you, push you on a little bit, um, when I can.
2: A lot of times that, that pushing and prodding, at least in marriage that I've found, it isn't like a, um, you know, them telling you something. It's often mm. just by how they they live their life and you live yours. And yeah. yeah. Now yeah. sometimes it is telling them telling you like this frustrates me. Yeah. Um, and we have um meetings, you know, husband wife meetings nice. every other week and discuss things. And we were often we found also that we try to do a, a good job of like saying things when they happen to yeah yeah so that they you don't forget them or they don't fester um and uh i think that's been important but yeah i think we just by the way we live our lives we try to we challenge each other and uh, as long as you kind of i think uh, can perceive that in the other person too yeah. like a lot of maybe <laughs> Abigail, maybe so maybe some people aren't quite as perceptive at times because they're not yeah. always looking to, for yeah. the good in the other person. Yeah. Um, but I think that's something our Catholic faith calls us to, is to like, yeah. to see that, that Christ in the other person and yeah, yeah. maybe be drawn on by that. And, um, oh, we're going to get the, all um, the natural feeding going on.
1: Okay. <laughs> it's a full, a, a full display of family life on our <laughs> podcast here today, folks. So. What, what's been the biggest blessing about, um, about having abigail
2: um <laughs> i mean obviously
1: she herself yeah, is you she, know
2: like <laughs> she's pretty darn cute i mean yeah. i don't mean to be biased but uh again I, I think it's still like um i think i'm a naturally selfish person <laughs> and uh yeah. marriage and having a baby kind of really real make you realize that more than anything else yeah yeah, yeah. and um the uh you're, I think a, a child kind of gives you uh, a realization of your capacity for love yeah. in a different way than even like a you know a you know, husband or wife or whatever. Um, yeah. And uh, so I think that's <laughs> the challenge to uh, kind of move past that selfishness. And it's, it's going to be a work in progress probably for the rest of my life. But yeah. it's been a, a, a great blessing in that sense. But um, I think also there's been a closeness between Bridget and myself because of Certain challenges that you go through as uh, as um, mother and father to a newborn, um, when you're not sleeping yeah, and you yeah. see these things as challenges that you both can go th- into together and, yeah, yeah. and fight together, and um, I, you know, especially those first few weeks, I think we, I think there was a certain closeness, a bond that we kind of um, became more established just because, yeah, uh, we had to go through this together. We're a team, you know. Yeah. We have to do this together. Yeah. And it's a teamwork that's different than just being married, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sure. You're this is certainly a great challenge that, you know, a lot of people do, but you know, it's uh It's your first time. It's the first time yeah. and you know. And as we have more, there'll just be more of that challenge, I guess. And it'll be but it'll uh yeah, I think that's been the other great blessing is I think yeah. that we've we've felt closer because of her.
1: Yeah. Friendships, marriages, any relationship obviously you go through some sort of Trial task difficulty challenge together. Yeah. It's gonna gonna come out more bonded and yeah, that's great. That's great. Good. Well, I think it may be time to uh,
0: <laughs> take a nap.
1: To take a nap and let you guys go. Thanks so much for coming on and yeah, it's great to great to have you both. And I'll, uh, um, yeah, any I guess any last thoughts? Favorite. Sometimes we've been asking people like favorite quotes, favorite. Bible verses, pieces of sage wisdom.
2: So I think one of the, my favorite quotes that I believe is Pope Benedict who said, um, we, you know, you're not called to um, comfort, you're called to greatness. Yeah, yeah. And that one's always kind of spurred me on to yeah. – because I, as my best friend has noted, like I'm a creature of comfort. I kind of like comfort. But to maybe move beyond that and go yep. towards something that's yep. – you know, greatness isn't always a comfort. Yeah. It can be hard, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. That's been something that's always motivated me. Yeah. Bridget, well, you you want me to hold it while you say your great piece of wisdom? Um, I don't even know what the question was. Oh.
1: <laughs> any uh, any parting uh, parting wisdom, favorite quote, any um, uh, anything to leave with?
3: Uh... Sure. Uh. <laughs>
1: We're in the home stretch here. So. Yeah, we are.
3: <laughs> uh, so. I think especially coming into motherhood, um, something that's stuck with me a lot is, mm-hmm. um, is like Mary kept all these things in her heart, mm. um, and especially during this time, uh, being at home so much, yeah. um, we've maybe been able to try to take that to heart and, and keep all of these things um, as like kind of a special time, like mm. kind of what what a cool thing to be able to spend six months at home with abigail um that doesn't get to happen a whole lot so um just kind of trying to keep each day and each small thing with us as we move forward so
1: yeah kind of a contemplative spirit a little bit yeah yeah that's great well thank you guys for coming on it's been awesome all three of you
3: thank you for having (laughs) us it was a gift yeah
1: And uh, thank you for listening to Real Family Life on the City on the Hill podcast. And we will, we will see you next time. Bye-bye.
0: That concludes today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. Consider subscribing to our channel so that you never miss a future episode. And check out our website kansascityonahill.org to see more about our organization or to see our calendar of upcoming events. And if City on a Hill has been a gift to you, consider partnering in our mission as a monthly donor. See you next week.